Greetings and welcome to On Frame, conversations about arts. I am Alejandro, your host for tonight. You are listening to CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon or streaming live around the world on cfcr.ca. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and continue the conversations in social media. If you are interested, you can listen to all past episodes on iTunes. Our guest for tonight is Jean-Sebastien Gauthier, Francophone artist from Saskatoon. Welcome, Sebastian. Thank you. How are you tonight? Doing all right. It's a pleasure to have you here. So what is to be Francophone artist in, in Saskatchewan and in the context of Canada as well? I think being um, bilingual in Canada is a, a real advantage. I come from a family that uh, that's exogam. My, my mother's uh, Anglophone and my dad is uh, Francophone from northern Quebec. And uh, he worked quite adamantly, fervently and continuously for Francophone rights with other groups in, in Saskatchewan for the school boards. So I was able to be educated in French and learn to write and, and read and, and learn a lot about my culture, which was very advantageous. And I think also um, there's an advantage in the Francophone community that uh, Francophones are generally highly administrative in our <laughs> in our culture in minority situations we're used to fighting uh using paperwork i think that's been an advantage learning to create logic explain why i want to do things also just the fact of being a kind of translator between two cultures or fitting between two places and not quite being a quebecer and not quite being uh an anglophone or british you know i'm from a mennonite heritage i joke it's uh, like being a franco menophone <laughs> which is like this very limited crowd there's very few of so then you also uh, come from a family of artists you are the grandson of bill epp and i need to remark this because you're working in his studio and what was his studio now is, is the studio that you work and uh, he left a legacy to the city and to the citizens of, of saskatoon and to the province because his work is all over and and said that he was an instructor a teacher i understand that he was your first teacher your first maestro mm -hmm. yeah i think he was at a place in his career and in his life that when I was at a very receptive age, you know, like especially between like nine and 14, where uh, he was making work all the time quite, you know, at his like most advanced stages of work, you know, making continuous bronze works and having uh, my uncle Kim Epp and, and other people like Ian Jones working in the foundry. There was a lot of people, there was a lot of flow, all the students. And uh, so I grew up around that pretty heavily and it was a big, a big influence. He was very curious, he was very engaged. He was very uh, giving and uh, and had a really good work ethic, you know. Uh, so he and my grandma, Betty, uh, the both of them together, they, they really marked me and we were very close. Definitely uh, his passing in 95, 20 years ago now, that was a major moment for me to, I think within the year I decided and I was going to be an artist. You're continuing his legacy, but your work is quite different than his work in many ways. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in figurative work. I think I'm as curious and engaged and interested in people, but the times are different. I mean, it's funny, my grandpa was getting into computing and had bought like a Mac Classic. And um, we, after he passed away, we found out that there was no saved files on his computer. Because he would uh, type up the like type type up the work, his letters and correspondence, and print two copies, keep one for the folder in the office, and send the other one in the mail. And uh, he never saved any files because he, he didn't file manage like that. Hmm. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Where did you start your education in art? Well, at, uh, I mean, at, at home, my mom's also an art teacher, a uh, grade grade school art teacher. I was pretty heavily interested by grade grade 12 I switched schools to go focus on art and learn welding and uh, printmaking and stuff I was 
committed to being an artist and they canceled art at my school. So I switched um, and I took about four years of working independently, did a year of animation school, wasn't quite a right fit, and I went to Europe for some internships with UNESCO's um, program Univac Canada. Internship was really nice, six months in France, working in Tours, uh, making bronze sculpture. I worked with a foundry that made uh, erotic pens. And when I arrived, they had a two-page spread in Playboy of erotic pens. And I did not know what I was going to do next, but that was six months of making erotic pens in France. And, uh, and I came back and ran the foundry uh, for two years and then went to Concordia. And that was a really big step, um, moving to Montreal, uh, kind of on a whim and, uh, and working working there with uh, artists like Trevor Gould and other uh, artists like Liliana Berezovsky. They've changed me up and got me working hard. So then you decided to move to Saskatchewan. I understand it, just family and, and, and that's where you have your foundry. Uh, did you continue did, uh, more education here in Saskatchewan? Did a year of uh, business school just to get uh, entrepreneurial training. Well, did you think that pursuing a master is something that, that you would do for yourself? I'm not adverse to it, but I haven't really found the right time for it yet. I think I'm looking at it very seriously in the future. But There's a lot of conversations for quite a bit of time now that being uh, educated in, in, in the university system versus not being educated in, this, in the university system. You sort of have both. Uh, if you account for the time that you learn with your family in a, a, a everyday living, it was a, a, a living experience, a living school. Mm -hmm. If you account that as a school time, you probably already have a PhD. So what difference would that make uh, if you are making art or going to college? What do you think uh, will college give you? Well, actually, I decided, like I had worked a long time with a lot of people who were studying as a child like in, in university. And uh, I sort of came out of that not thinking, oh, I don't really need to go to school. And there was a, an artist who came for a Prairie Sculptors Association Um, symposium I think I was 19 or something and he said uh, he's from uh, Costa Rica and uh, he told me it's uh, he was like why don't you go to university you think you're a genius or something and I was like hmm and he said uh, you don't go to university to get a degree you go to university to have a human experience and uh, that marked me and I considered it and when the time came I, I sort of found my way to Montreal and uh, very haphazardly, very, uh, uh, yeah, very haphazardly found my way to Montreal and decided by visiting, you know, Concordia and UCAM, the, the, the Francophone. The, the University of Quebec at yeah, Montreal. Yeah, the, uh, uh, not UDM, but UCAM, but I visited there and I visited uh, Concordia. Concordia had a foundry, so I knew a bit about I knew I could be grounded there, and the first person I walked up to uh, became my friend. So I, um, in the sculpture department, so I felt good about it, and that's why I applied. I didn't really have a plan. I don't think I have like an institutional kind of plan. 
now that you have experienced you just finished a major project with uh, two years ago that recently got awarded uh, the spirit of alliance you were mm. partnered with happy grove and adrian stimson in a uh, in a large commission here in the city that got awarded uh, a heritage award and i know that project went quite well that got great reviews and was very professional and set some standards for the city do you still consider yourself emerging i don't really know i think i'm kind of in an in-between space where where, because my practice involves performance, although not so much lately, um, and uh, a lot of video work and sculptural work, and trying to kind of mix those together into these weird performance, uh, I don't know, maybe now they'd be like something like a 4D, you know, 3D, 4D event. Like I was very focused on time-based art. I don't think I'm very established, but I've been lucky enough to be, you know, awarded a mid-career grant recently for for a new project. But I, I, I sort of just feel like I'm either emerging mid-career or. It's a funny question that nobody can yeah. ever answer. I think, for the sake of making a label, it just it just a place that, uh, for granting purposes, people get put on to mm -hmm. compete for certain awards of money yeah. and it's not necessarily related to what is your stage as a as an artist yeah it depends on the qualifications uh, required maybe but i uh, i guess i consider my consider myself that i have a career been working for five years and i've been just doing art and art related work so in that way i have i think i'd like to say that i have a career <laughs> well that's that's I'm making a living that's I'm important that you acknowledge yourself on that because it's a struggle being an artist and mm. all the accounts of census and what's not artists are the worst paid uh, professionals and educated people in 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 the nation but i <laughs> and then it doesn't change and we still keep producing work that create a paradigms of and give us directions how and i just wanted to ask you how your your heritage as francophone how does that inform your work do you think that your work coming from a context and a lens of a francophone think in french and i think in english and i think it kind of pictures in between but i um i think that it is like my identity is of a bilingual person and the cultures in my family are like a really strong influence on me also i think the culture in saskatoon the arts culture in saskatoon because i'm so associated with so many different uh, people and artists you know like i and public art in saskatoon that there's something to that culture um so i think that's part of it like that and I, and i see the translation that kind of in between Um, that action of changing an idea and trying to get people to understand it in a different way, that's part of what I try to do, I think, by, by continuously mixing different, uh, different ways of doing things. Because your 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 media of choice is is very diverse as well. You can do uh, figurative work in in bronze and clay and and, and model quite uh, accurate figurative figurative work. And but also you just do creatures that are very surreal uh, or mm. just to call it something, you know. And and you also navigate in this abstraction of of, of the video work that you do. And mm -hmm. and it's. Uh, If, if you were going to say that Sebastian has a language, what would be the language that, that to you, uh, you will say that represents the kind of work that you do? Stylistic? stylistic? I guess I, 
don't really know. I mean, I, I'm very interested in um, sculpture, like in sculpture and in uh, how three-dimensional, four-dimensional work is is developed. And I think um, technology is the other part that I really like in that kind of translation between ideas and other people getting it. And I think maybe that's part of the language that I'm interested in is this um, trying things and doing things that art allows. You commented uh, twice, and because we are on radio and we have audiences that they don't know what 4D is. Can you uh, explain what what is four dimension for you um, and in your work? I'll do um, performance works with um, surveillance cameras, time-based work. And time is often considered like the, the fourth dimension. We have three dimensions of depth uh, within our surroundings. You know, it's a, it's a simplification, but, uh, you know, the Cartesian plane of dividing a map in X coordinates and Y coordinates and a and a Z coordinate, you know, a depth and height and width. Uh, those dimensions are sort of the three dimensions. And uh, the fourth being time is change through, like the perception of change through those those other three dimensions. And so sculpture is this lovely kind of space where it can be uh, something within three dimensions that will last for a certain amount of time. And bronze work is, you know, easy to recognize that way or stonework is easy to recognize that way because some carving that can be from our ancient ancestors you know in the neolithic era uh, can translate through through the fourth dimension through time and come to us and we're able to decipher it the same way i mean scientists can do that with uh, you know with how uh, the geology has changed the world so there's like a kind of uh, rhythm to space and time and I guess that's part of my interest is just like what's going on. It sounds so vague. Well, what, it's it's it's, no, it's, uh, it's it's not, and it is just that is is interesting, you know, because you said surveillance cameras, surveillance camera. It if if you think of of you as as the person that is recording what is happening, uh, there's other components of the art as well. Who, what are you surveilling? Why are you doing? Uh, if mm. we do it as private citizens then somebody can complain about it. But uh, there's a whole array of, of, of conceptual issues when, when the governments do it all the time and it is mm -hmm. okay. How those universes are so connected but are so deep, it's very sort of enigmatic just to, to navigate th those dimensions, you know? Mm. Well, I guess the, the interest with, with my work is to try to play with, with what art can do that, that other things don't. And I, I, If we are thinking of, of in those terms of four dimensions and surveillance, now you have a new project at the synchrotron, I believe, of the, of the science department at the university that you got awarded a grant. Uh, what is that you're working on? I'm very curious uh, to know what is, and I think a lot of people is interested to know yeah. what are you doing? Well, it's still early phase in, um, so it's just uh, working under a working title, but yeah, I've been awarded a my first mid-career uh, grant from the Canada Council uh, in Media Arts to work on a, a video installation. And I've been uh, collaborating with cell anatomists and biologists at the University of Saskatchewan, Dr. Brian Eames in uh, the College of Medicine, and uh, Dr. David Cooper, well-versed in, in, you know, they're advanced uh, researchers using um, 
all sorts of different technologies and I, I've been particularly fascinated with um, the synchrotron in Saskatoon, uh, the Canadian light source and um, and what's going on there. How does it work? What is it doing? What is it for? And about two years ago, I went on a tour. My partner, Alicia Larson, who's also an artist, um, signed me up for a tour. You know, she was like, you're always talking about science. Go check it out. Because my interest in technology is particular um, and consistent, I think. Um, so I, uh, I went over there and got a tour. And I just started thinking, how can I make art with this? How can I make art? How does it work? What do I do? How can I make art with it? And I spent about 18 months just trying to figure out a way there was some there was some different grants available for collaboration between scientists and artists whose funding was cut uh, just before the deadline at the uh, Canada Council so I had been prompting and searching for collaborators and thankfully there was uh, Mark Ferguson at the CLS who's a friend and also um, a communications coordinator there who uh, included me in a in an email, uh, you know, the, the regular CLS email, and uh, put a call out uh, to look for collaborators. And then it felt like being kind of like an artist Cinderella, getting all the everybody trying the right shoe on, you know, and and uh, getting uh, and uh, Brian's uh, one of the scientists who responded, who is local, I mean, who who works here at the University of Saskatchewan, and whose images were really compelling. He. Um, he does X-ray tomography, and um, which is a, like X-ray scanning, 3D scanning of uh, of zebrafish and other species. Yeah, I mean, he's really very advanced in many different fields. He's working in transgenic research and and uh, just all sorts of crazy uh, science. It's like newfangled science. There's 3D printing tissues, samples, and to try to develop uh, all sorts of things it's a really uh, fascinating uh, time for science and um, I think artists were always interested in that so I pitched to uh, become um, the artist in residence in his lab at the cell anatomy and biology department at the university and uh, I've been there for about three months working with uh, him and just you know being around uh, the imaging technology and learning um, how how the science how the scientists are working in that so how different is that the way they work different than the way of an artist work surprise i surprisingly it is not that different i think the difference is the controls the science requires to be able to repeat you know results and so there's controls to prove against uh, you know one condition against another to show that it can be repeated and art obviously has no requirement i mean unless you're going to make something in a series but it's still not the same thing where you have to prove my art like another person will prove my art i can make a art related to yours but i can't prove my art you can't prove my art you know because it's not about the same thing so there's something interesting in terms of ideas can move differently they're seeking repeatability and this kind of establishing a kind of truthful analysis and I think it's nice to not have that I like seeing how they work but I also am kind of recognizing that I have a different freedom and flexibility as an artist um, but the troubleshooting that scientists are doing is really similar to and, trying to find a way with art and and also how did you see that they comment the the influence that you could have in their work 
I don't know. I don't know what you need to ask them. I'm I think I don't know how I'm influencing them. I know that there's enthusiasm around art. Uh, I think people in in all walks of life respond well to art when they have a chance to participate. I think that's one of the good things within art practice. Um, Like I am very interested in collaboration and um, of working with people and not knowing what the results can be because I'm working with other people. Um, that was what made, I think, the projects like the 1812 Monument, the Spirit of Alliance, shine so much, was that it was in a, like a true collaboration. We, we were working on the same stuff. We were using, we were handing over work left and right. We were all in it together. We were sure about the reasoning why we were doing things, and we were accepting the situation as we went. And we, were, we were like a really good team, you know. And I really like that. I like collaboration. I like having other people to help me decide things, but also having these unexpected additions to what to what's going on. And so I'm hoping that, you know, my presence in the labs is also offering a kind of way of thinking about the work that's happening in different ways. Lately, it's been a very technical kind of questioning that's been going on. It's like, how do we get an image of a fish? You know, we're imaging an embryonic zebrafish at the moment working on these interactive making interactive installations i guess that's a long-winded what are we doing i'm trying to make interactive art using 3d medical imaging technologies and and 3d print them and things so i'm hoping that you know my my knowledge of imaging in in art making which is quite experimental in, in nature uh can benefit the community of scientists i'm working with but also that um, my curiosity can serve the same way theirs is serving, you know, my art. I'm hoping that my curiosity can ask, that I can be there as this unknowing person that can contribute also just by being present. That's your current project. How long this residency will last? Uh, probably the rest of the summer. So it's around in total uh, eight months? It'll be about six to eight months. I, I don't think I'll be working in situ the whole time, but we're working towards imaging goals that are going to be more later in the fall. Are you planning on having an exhibition? of the results of this or is this is just a residency of experimenting and, and learning it's a research and creation project there's a confirmed show in april 2017 so future for sebastian um did you see that did you see that you will stay here in saskatoon would you move and look other uh, frontiers being a francophone and, and knowing that montreal is very big on media and it's very big on performance and installation uh, they are sort of the the place in Canada that is more in touch with that sort of media? I don't think that I really need to be at the closest point to do what I'm doing. I feel like uh, there's a lot of advantages to not being at the center of uh, popular practice, maybe. I think um, Saskatoon is pretty good to me. I don't, I don't know how long we're going to live here, uh, but at the moment, I mean, the most advanced medical imaging technology in Canada is here and and I've somehow been lucky enough to get really close to it and I mean so I'm quite pleased to be here and uh, and have been for the last few years it's good to be in the prairies you know something it's a lot of strong work coming out of Saskatoon yeah absolutely any advice that you have for uh, emerging artists that are making the transition to to be in mid-career anything that you think that you learn in the process that can be useful for this generation of upcoming artists? Well, I think you should know 
how finances work and inventory works and what's tax deductible. I mean, stuff like that is really important. How to make your work and not lose money should be, you know, on your artist radar if you want to make a living because, you know, you can easily lose money even if you've got lots of work. I mean, I'm sure not an example of a super profitable enterprise, but I mean, I'm able to make a living, you know, scrape by. Um, My main advice is trust your deepest curiosity. If you're making work and you're interested in things, whoever you are, trust that deepest curiosity you have and go towards that. Um, That will carry the work that will carry, you know, your interest that will give depth to the work, I think. Um, And that's always served me well. And I think also, um, don't take unpaid internships, but try to do internships, figure out a way to get involved where you want to be. That has always served me, I've managed to, um, through curiosity and engagement, uh, be, you know, spending time working in uh like i'm working in uh you know this beautiful field of advanced uh you know cell anatomy and biology and transgenic research i have no training i'm just interested um so i think that's special about about being an artist is that uh you can go towards things and uh and include people in what you're doing, I think, too. Don't be afraid to collaborate, but don't be afraid to work alone. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. That's great a ad- long... Uh, great uh, advice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, do you have any, any last thoughts before we close the program? We just don't have much time. Well, um, thank but you for listening to my long rambles. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I'm grateful to be here. Thanks. And hey, shout out to all the artists out there in Saskatoon. Keep it up. We're doing good. Thank you very much, Sebastian. Thank you. To look at some of John Sebastian's work, you can follow his work on J.S. Gauthier on Vimeo videos. Vimeo.com, J-S-G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R. Thank you for listening to On Frame Radio on CFCR 90.5 FM, streaming live around the world on CFCR.ca. You can continue the conversations on social media following us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. You can also listen to our old postcards on iTunes. On Frame Radio, this is your host Alejandro. Have a great evening.